blessing to be supported by prayer. If you have God's Word, let's go to Psalm chapter 34 together. Psalm chapter number 34. The title of the lesson tonight is Three Ways God Can Bless You. Now, if you've been a Christian for very long, you should be able to throw up your hands and say, well, there's a lot more than three ways that He can bless me. And uh, you're exactly right with that. If we were to stay here tonight and talk about each of the blessings, we'd be here until the rapture would come, which wouldn't bother me. But tonight we want to zoom in on three ways. And really, it's uh, hard to cover each of these three in one night. But um, I I believe the Lord will uh, bless what we have here ready for you. Psalm chapter number 34. And... uh, you know, when we think about three ways God can bless you, we see it from the Word of God, it, it, creates, it creates opportunities. Three ways that I can receive. We have this opportunity to receive this blessing from the Lord. And so we just want to look at a few things tonight. And uh, Psalm chapter 34, and verse number 1, we'll read through a few verses here, and then we'll discuss it. Verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and to suffer hunger and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good things. First way that we have tonight is God will bless our devout faithfulness to Him. And there's three different subcategories to this faithfulness. And the first one is that our faithfulness to worship Him. David wrote here in verse 1 that he is praising God continually. He didn't say that I praise God in seasons. He says continually. That means through the good, the bad, the ugly, the nice. The good days, the bad days, he continually praised the Lord. I think about a guy at work, Brother Jim Adams, someone I've gotten to know over the last several months, and uh, he'll, he'll come in the office, and the first thing he says is, Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I remember one day he was on his way out, and another guy came in on crutches, and he picks up his cane, he points at him, There are no crutches in heaven. Make sure you're raptured ready. (laughs) And so, he's just, he has a presence on him. You know, he's always, uh, he's always got a a praise, an attitude of praise with him. And uh, it's refreshing. And that's one of the benefits of us being uh, faithful in our worship to him is the testimony, the joy, the the, the joy in us that comes from it. You'll see that uh, in verse 2, he says, The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And then he is encouraging us to do it together in verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Not only did he do it 
uh, privately and by himself, but he was encouraging others to do it with him. Let's do it together. And then as also a result of it, God blessed him by protecting him. It says that the angels uh, of the angel of the Lord campeth round about them that fear him and delivereth him. And so we see this uh, God placing this hedge, God honoring our worship to him. So we are to be faithful in our worship to him. And then secondly, we're to be faithful in our work for him. Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going, to, we're going to be jumping around a little bit tonight. I've tried to constrain it just to a few places, though, so it's not too too much turning for you. But 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. You know, for this, this chapter of 1 Corinthians that Paul wrote, you know it's a clear uh, explanation of the gospel talks about the death of Christ, and then Paul goes into great detail of the resurrection of Christ, and, uh, you know, in particular, verses 3 through 5, and, and, uh, and then towards the end of the chapter, verse number 58, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. And unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. And so Paul is encouraging us to to be this steadfast Christian, this unmovable Christian, sort of like what we talked about the last couple of weeks as we went through Second John and Third John, and not being that compromising Christian. That word steadfast there, it implies the meaning of to be seated, okay? Like, I don't intend to go anywhere. I am grounded, I'm rooted right here in the Lord's work. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's there's been many people we know who have not been steadfast. They have, they've been movable. And they, they've gotten away from church, they've gotten away from the work and the Word of God. And, and, um, you know, not not being involved that way anymore, you'll see their spirit dampen a little bit. Their joy starts to go down a little bit because the more we get involved with the Lord, it's as if our our joy in the Lord just magnifies uh, proportionally. And so Paul, he's encouraging these people to stay faithful to their work. And uh, Jeremiah chapter thirty one. Jeremiah wrote, Refrain thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears, for thy work shall be rewarded. And, uh, you know, one important thing to note is that is that God's taking notes on, you know, the work that, the work that we do. And uh, Paul said in Philippians that I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That pressing toward that having that attitude, that mentality that I will keep marching with what I know to be right, with what I know to be true. And uh, not only to be faithful in our worship to Him or in our work for Him, but then in our witness of Him. We have a witness in us, that's the Holy Spirit, that we have received after being saved. And uh, we're not going to turn there, but in First Peter chapter 3, Peter writes and tells us, 
to be ready always to give an answer to every man. That implies the meaning of us being in season uh, always, ready to speak. And, um, you know, God, he's taking notes not only of our works, but of our witness, which you tie the two together if you like. But, uh, you know, Paul, he also wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So, I'm not going to be rewarded for the work that Brother Ed does, and Brother Ed's not going to be rewarded for the work that I do. God has a separate, he has a separated account statement for us, if you will, and we will be rewarded accordingly. And so, God cares about our direction. He cares about, he cares about uh, our effort, and, and our effort in witnessing, and our effort in doing a work for him and God will bless it God will bless it and in these days and times you know it's easy to get weary of everything that's going on and and uh, I, I'll have to confess to you there's been some times lately where my worship to him has not been continual with them I found that especially around the time of the election you know my my joy my spirit was uh, dampened there for about a week but then you know, once you get focused back on the joy of the Lord there, you get that peace back. The peace, you know, we're all we're talking about three ways God can bless you. It's a long list of what the blessings that we have. The Spirit of God, the peace of God, the Word of God, the Church of God. And so that Spirit that makes witness in us, when our spirit goes down, when our joy goes down, it affects our testimony. People don't see as much, you know, they don't see as much of that Christianity pouring out of me. When they jostle the cup, not so much Christianity is pouring out. We've used that illustration a few times. What you're full of is going to spill out when you're jostled, you know. You remember that illustration? And so God is wanting us to be continually faithful to Him. Not only does He bless our faithfulness, but he'll bless our families. The family in America is, you know, has been severely attacked. Kenzie and I have been talking about this a lot, actually, at home, as we, you know, start the process here of, of raising our own family, our, our, our uh, son, Andrew, and, uh, you know, just being aware of the things that were potential influences to us and how are we going to protect him from those, you know, and things like that. But understanding from a biblical standpoint that the family, the home, is to be structured as God has intended for it to be structured. The reason why is because he's the one that created the home. He's the one that created marriage and teaching and following the Ten Commandments, implementing those, they're not just a pretty plaque that sits up on a wall. You know, the Ten Commandments, they were given initially to the family. They weren't given to the government, even though the government should use them. They weren't given to the uh, school district, even though the school should obviously implement them. 
They were given specifically to the family and even more specifically to the husbands. It says in Exodus chapter 20 that uh, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. That has the indication to me that he's talking specifically to the men because he's expecting us to be the head of our home. That's the way he has structured it. God has founded the home and it takes God to make a home. It doesn't take two parties getting together because they both have a 401k. It doesn't mean it's not, it's not based on school education. It's not based on occupational goals. It's based on the Word of God. And if you'll fault, a lot of people will look for a spouse because they're looking for someone in the same occupation as them. But friends, I tell you, you can get in trouble with that. If you'll stick with the Word of God and I'm, I'm talking to mostly people that have been married for a long time. You know, everybody in here has been married longer than me, if you're married. But but if you'll follow the things of God and go in that direction, eventually you're going to find someone running in the same direction as you. And then that's how God has intended our homes to be instructed. And what's the greatest commandment? Jesus was asked that question in, Matthew, in the book of Matthew. What is, Master, what is the greatest commandment? Now, they were trying to tempt him, of course, but he came right back and said, he quoted what's called the great Shema out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. And what is it? Thou shalt, let's say it all together here, it's not a big fun. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart and with all of thy soul and with all of thy mind. So, if that's the greatest commandment, does it not mean that that is the greatest sin if we don't love Him with all of our heart, with, with all that we have? And so that's the fundamental thing. A home built on God's standards, a, a home that is built around the love of God, not the love of money, not the love of your job, not the love of New Caney. What's the... Well, stay to love in New Caney, you know. But anyway, that might not have been the best illustration. <laughs> but, uh. Well, we're all in New Caney. Oh, That's right. We love the body of Christ in New Caney. It's a good point. Thank you. I needed that rebound right there. God created the home, He created the families. Our homes are to be structured according to His Word. They ought to be focused on Christ. Everything we do ought to be focused on Christ. You know, God also created business. He put Adam and Eve in the garden and He told them to take care of it. He placed them in charge that they had a job to do. Not only did God create the, the home and marriage, but He created this business. Um, actions, hobbies. You know, God has given us these individual skills to do different types of hobbies. And... Uh, you know, it's his desire that we use those skills to honor and please him and not to dishonor him. We ought to be, our families should be founded on God, focused on Christ. We ought to be faithful to one another. We say the I do's. And Kenzie and I said them about 14 months ago. We said I do to a lifetime that we were going to be true to one another. And in sickness and health till death do us part. And so husbands doing what husbands are called to do, the wives doing what the wives are called to do. And Adrian Rogers said it great. He said, God made us different so that he might make us one. And uh, 
So filling our role as God intended us to fill it in our home, and uh, I, I promise you, God will, God will bless your home. And then being fruitful for His sake. Proverbs chapter twenty-two says to train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Trying to produce some fruit from our home. We dedicated Andrew, Kinsey, and I a few uh, weeks ago or so. And the conversations that we had at home before we did that was that, you know, we can't, we can't make every decision for Andrew in the future. We can't, we're not, we're not always going to be there. There's going to be a time, an appropriate time, when he's going to leave us and cleave unto his wife, just like what we both uh, did with our families. But for now, it's it, man, it's our prayer and our goal and our aim to to raise him around the Word of God and to help him get his roots as strong in the Word of God as possible. So that way, when we let go of the arrow, he'll fly as straight as he can. You know, when you when you make an arrow, you don't just take any random stick and tie something uh, the uh, the arrowhead to the end and let it go. You spend some time. Straightening that stick, you spend some time. Some you're investing, not spending. You're investing that time in that arrow so that it'll be true and fly straight. And then the other key is that we have to make sure as parents that we're not setting the target out there. We want that to be God's target out there, and that we're just making sure that He's going to go straight to that target as best as He can. And that's from our understanding. That's our job as parents, right there. And so, praying that we can be fruitful in our homes. And uh, teaching our kids to also be focused on Christ. And God will bless that. One of the uh, strongest office is not necessarily the president's office, but it is that office, that organization of the home. And that's why the devil has attacked it as much as he has is because he knows if he attacks the home and brings the home down, he can bring a nation down. God will bless devout faithfulness. He'll bless devoted families. And lastly, he'll bless dedicated finances. You know... uh, Proverbs chapter 3. Let, let's turn there. Proverbs chapter number 3. Finances can be a touching topic sometimes. Proverbs chapter number 3 and verse 9. The Bible says to honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. There's a number of ways, possibly, I suppose, you could interpret this passage. But in my study this week and last week, the way it spoke to me, Sam, is that I owe God before I owe my taxes. And I owe God before I owe my utility bill. God wants us to honor Him because if it were not for the grace of God, we wouldn't have anything. We sing the song every once in a while. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. And so God desires to be honored with the first fruit of our increase. And then what's the blessing for that? 
Verse number 10, So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. God is promising to bless if you were to give to him. It's, a, it's more blessed to give than to receive, it says in the New Testament. And so, you know, a lot of this, these are big categories. The finances, the family, the faithfulness. And uh, honestly, we could probably split those up into three different lessons. But I just wanted to skim the waters on all three of those. And God shows us from the word here on how he will bless each one of these if we give it all to him. It's kind of like shooting a shotgun. Shotgun, the shell comes out of one barrel, but it spreads out in many ways. You can think of that one barrel as the three-letter word, all. You give it all to him, and then God can bless you in many different ways. But you, with your finger on the trigger... It's all based on you and I and our decision. How much am I willing to give to God? Am I going to give Him all that I had? He's commanded me to love Him with all of my heart. And and if I don't give Him it all, what are the consequences? Well, God may not bless my finances. He may not bless my family. And so the trigger key is that we just submit ourselves completely to him and giving him everything that we have. And uh, really the, the encouragement that I leave you with tonight is that God is still in the blessing business. And uh, he's been at it for 6,000 years approximately and he's still going strong at it. And so we have the opportunity and all he's wanting from us is to give our heart to him, to give our homes to him, to give to give it all. All to Jesus I surrender. And um, so I, I hope I hope we remember those things and uh, don't forget them then. So I went a little faster than I thought I was going to, but that's usually how it goes for me. So uh, anyway... Um, do you have any questions or comments? Well, Scott didn't shoot me with a slingshot, so I guess we're good. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll turn it over to Brother Roger then. And um, last week, you know, we spoke on who we ought to receive, who we ought to reject. And this week is simply that the blessings of God are right here in our reach. If we just have that submissive spirit. So, anyway, it'll be a couple of weeks now before I speak to you. Pray for Brother Red as he uh, prepares the next couple of weeks. So, pray for